Uh, Eats with Sinners. Uh, let's get into our series again. Uh, I don't know about you, but I certainly enjoyed Chris's message last week uh, on grace. It, you know, he talked about showing grace to people in our lives. Um, if we want to be successful in developing intentional relationships with people uh, in our lives with the goal of sharing the message of Jesus with them, um, we've got to be willing to do like Jesus did. Um, to accept people where they are um, the way Jesus accepted people where they were uh, so that we can then introduce them to the one that can help them be what God wants them to be. Um, And that takes grace on our part. Uh, We've been working our way through uh, a book called Eats with Sinners uh, written by author and pastor Aaron Chambers. It's a book that we went through uh, a year ago or three years ago when uh during the pandemic when it was only on facebook eight ninety percent of it was only on facebook um so we're going to re we're revisiting that topic um and you might think uh i thought we were supposed to be preaching through the bible or you know using the bible uh as our text not some book written by some author uh why are we doing that and and um uh, and if you thought that you'd be absolutely right we 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 must and should preach through the Bible uh, and use the Bible. And I'm just going to say, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, However, I'm using Aaron's book as a reference for this particular topic because um, Aaron uses the Bible in his book uh, to to discuss this topic um, from God's Word. And and pretty much most of it is from the Gospel of of Luke. And so I'm just kind of using Aaron's... um, uh, references to to this particular topic, but obviously, uh, what the the wisdom that we get and the guidance that we get in this area comes from God's word. Eats with sinners is a discussion of how Jesus, when he was here on earth, interacted with people who were far from God. How did he do that? Every Christian's goal in life should be to strive to be like him, right? To be like Jesus. Uh, well, how did Jesus reach out to people who needed God's grace? How did he do it? And, and one of the things he did was he would eat with them, have a meal with them. Uh, he would share a meal with them. Sharing a meal with someone back in the first century, as it is in some other cultures like in France um, and many other countries, was a, was a very intimate thing. You only shared a meal with people that you cared about. Uh, you, you didn't just uh, share a meal with, with strangers um, or with somebody that you despised. It, it was a very intimate thing. And, and G- Jesus took opportunities to, uh, one of the things he would do, would, would share a meal with somebody. Um, he would sometimes stop by their workplace like he did with Matthew and just visit with them and talk with them at their workplace. He would, he would uh, even reach out to a guy who was up in a tree who had climbed up there so that he could see over the crowd. Um, he uh, uh, would speak to people as they came out to the well, as he did with what we call the woman at the well. Uh, I wonder what her name was. Uh, and uh, just as, as she is doing a, a day-to-day routine, getting water from the well, he just took a time to talk to her and to show her that he cared. Um, when he talked to people far from God, uh, he didn't yell at them. Um, he, he ate with them, like with Zacchaeus. 
when Zacchaeus was up in the tree, uh, Jesus didn't say, hey, little man, what in the world are you doing up there? You know, get, get down here and stop being silly. You know, you're a dishonest man and, and you don't deserve my attention. You deserve the hatred of the people. That's what you deserve. <laughs> no, that's not what Jesus said to Zacchaeus. Um, Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Luke 19, 5 through 6. Jesus went home with Zacchaeus and ate with him. Something that the Pharisees and the scribes, they would have never in a million years done. Not for a tax collector. Jesus showed kindness to him, patience to him. He taught him too uh, what was right, what was wrong. Uh, And Jesus' integrity, his genuineness, his accessibility that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, his willingness to take the time to go to his house. I mean, that, that took a chunk of time out of his day. Uh, his grace, his willingness to meet Zacchaeus where he was, not where he should be. Um, that motivated Zacchaeus to change when Jesus cared about it. In Luke 19, verse 8, it, uh, Zacchaeus said, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. You know, that, that worked for Zacchaeus. When, when Zacchaeus realized Jesus cared about him. As Aaron studied Jesus' relationships with people, uh, he noted several key ingredients that are necessary if we want to reach people the way that Jesus did, through intentional relationships, the way he reached out to Zacchaeus. So far, we've talked about three key ingredients. Let's quickly review them. The first one was integrity. And again, if you, have, if you still have that book, uh, go back and, and reread it. Uh, or if you don't have the book, you can get it on Amazon for about $15, I think. Uh, uh, or we could get you one. Uh, but I encourage you to go back and, and reread it. It would be a good part of your, your devotion each day. But the first one was integrity. In Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus was tempted by Satan uh, three times. Now, Jesus resisted. Uh, Satan's attempt to trick him into doing things like being selfish, uh, taking shortcuts, trying to get people's attention through a circus act, <laughs> like jumping off the top of a, of a tower. And each time when Jesus would resist Satan's temptation, he quoted scripture. And he basically told Satan, take a hike. You know, you're not, you're not going to influence me. Uh, and we, we see from that that Jesus was the real deal. Uh, he, he faithfully did what he called you and me to do. He was not a hypocrite. If we want to help people find God, they've got to see that we are the real deal. That our walk with Jesus is genuine. People need to see that, that we follow Jesus, not by just what we say, but by the way we live our lives. And when we do that, they're they'll be more likely to listen to what we have to say. The second key ingredient that we talked about uh, that is needed is, is, if we want to be like Jesus, is accessibility. Jesus went to where people were. You know, he didn't hunker down at home, uh, at his home synagogue, and wait for people to come to him. 
so that he could talk to them. No, he, Jesus went to where the people were. He went to their workplace, to their homes, to their synagogues. He, he removed obstacles that would prevent him from meeting and getting to know people, like social barriers, racial barriers, religious barriers. He didn't let those things stop him from talking to them. And we specifically talked about the barrier that we're plagued with often, isolation. Uh, it often keeps us from developing relationships with people because we close ourselves in our building and we mostly just talk to each other on Sunday morning and on Wednesday. Uh, and, and we hope we're, we're, we're ready for people to come to us and walk through the door and come and visit with us. Um, uh, and if they do, we'll make an attempt to talk to them and we'll be really friendly to them. And, I, and I'll say we do a really good job of that. Um, but when they do come, often because we've developed our own language and our own culture and, and traditions that only we're familiar with, uh, when people, if all they do is just come here, they can be confused sometimes. It doesn't make any sense to them. So if we hope to touch people's lives who are far from God, we've got to break out of the four walls of our building uh, and, and seek to develop relationships with people where they are, where they are, at work, at the gym, at school, next door, across the street. Meet them in their environment. The third ingredient, well, the one that Chris talked about last week, was uh, a very important ingredient, grace, grace. Jesus uh, drove this one home in an encounter that he had with this angry mob that was trying to stone a woman who had been caught committing adultery with someone. Um, she was guilty of committing adultery. Uh, she was guilty of the sin. And Jesus could have condemned her. In fact, he was really the only one who could have condemned her. But instead of condemning her, this is what he said to the mob who dragged her up there in John 8, verse 7. All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. <laughs> well, that took the wind out of the, the mob. And with those words, the mob, the mob dropped their stones and walked away because Jesus reminded them, hey, we're all sinners too, every single one of us. None of us are better than her. We're all separated from God just like she is uh, because of our sin. Maybe, maybe their sin wasn't adultery. Maybe it was. But maybe it wasn't adultery. Maybe it was lying or cheating or immoral thoughts or stealing or hatred or envy but every single person who wanted to throw a stone in that crowd was guilty of sin in their lives and so they realized who are we to condemn this woman because we're sinners too um, jesus did not condemn this woman he could have but he did not instead he simply encouraged her to leave her life of sin he didn't condone what she was doing he encouraged her to stop doing that, to go on and stop doing that. And she walked away from that knowing that Jesus truly cared about her. He truly cared about her. No matter what her mistakes from the past were, she knew he loved her. And we've got to do the same. We've got to approach relationships with people uh, understanding, hey, I need God's grace too. I'm no better than them. And without God's grace, I'm lost. So as we reach out to people, 
It's one sinner who knows God's grace sharing a meal with another sinner who needs God's grace. If we look at it that way, uh, it'll be so much more welcoming by other people. And that leads us to the fourth ingredient that's needed if we want to help people who are far from God. Faith. Faith. You know, when the pandemic started three years ago, uh, Stony Brook and pretty much every church in America and around the world uh, began to worship from on Facebook or from their cars. A lot of people uh, did that. Or maybe they didn't have anything at all. Uh, they did not gather together. And, and the reason they did that is because uh, the, you know, the government told us that that was what was needed to be safe, um, to have the best chance of survival from this unknown virus, and and you know to stay apart from each other and don't gather in, in close places. So, you know, at the beginning, we trusted the medical es- experts and the the government. Who and we complied with their mandates. We put our faith in them that they knew what they were talking about. But as time went by, it seemed that many, uh, to many, that the government didn't really know what they were talking about. <laughs> um, uh, so many of their promises didn't work out. You know, they told us specifically: if you get the vaccine, you will not get COVID, and you will not be able to pass it to somebody else. And we trusted that, you know, we trusted that. Um, But we saw that that wasn't true. Many of us have gotten COVID, even though we had all the the vaccines. Um, That was just one of the the things that that, that didn't get right uh, as they were trying to figure this out. For many, faith in government and government experts when it came to COVID began to wane. Do they really know what they're talking about? Even though they may have had our best interest in mind. Can we really trust what they tell us to be true? Um, You know, whenever we place our faith in humans, there's always a risk because humans aren't perfect. Even if humans are, have our best interest in mind, and I believe that, that many in the government did have our best interest in mind. Uh, at first when they were trying to help us stay safe. Um, Humans make mistakes and they can fail. That's not true with God. Uh, When we place our faith in God, we can know that he will keep his promises. He will keep his promises. His words are true. If you're far from God today, let let me tell you how, how you get close to God. And not just close, but this is how you can become a son or a daughter of God. And you would be able to spend eternity with him. It's all about faith, trusting God. You don't become a son or daughter of God by being good. You don't become a son or a daughter of God by reaching some level of goodness. You know, where your goodness outweighs your badness. That's not how you become a son or a daughter of God. You don't become a son or a daughter of God by attending church, uh, by giving an offering, by uh, cleaning up your language, uh, by admitting to your boss that you stole several reams of paper last year uh, without telling them. God wants us to definitely attend church. He calls for us to gather together, 
to worship together, to to gather around the Lord's table and remember what Jesus did for us, to learn and grow and fellowship together. God definitely wants us as Christians to to gather together. He wants us to strive to stop committing sin in our lives. That's a part of our of our walk as Christians. God loves it when we clean up our language. <laughs> when we when we stop having to say, "Oh, please uh, excuse my French." Um, God wants us to be like Jesus and live a righteous life. Absolutely. But that's not how we get to spend eternity with him, by cleaning up our lives. We are saved from being separated from God when we simply place our faith in Jesus. We trust that he is our savior. We acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God and he died on the cross for our sins. We embrace Jesus as our Savior. We give our lives to him through our faith. Which means, from now on, now that I've given my faith and my trust to Jesus, from now on, my goal each day is to try to be like Jesus. I'm never going to be perfect at it. None of us are. But that's going to be my goal every day, is to try to be like Jesus. If we place our faith in Jesus, we are a child of God, saved from our sins. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. You can decide, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, uh, you can decide today that you no longer want to be far from God, separated from Him. You, that, you want to, that, you, that you as a sinner, you want to know God's grace and His forgiveness. You want to be a child of God. You can decide that today. I would say that to our Facebook folks, but Facebook's not working today. Um, but maybe there's somebody here that, or somebody that you know that you could talk to about it. Simply, if, if that's you, you're far from God and you, you want to be close to him and you want to be, uh, you want to know his grace, just simply acknowledge that Jesus is your savior. Decide, I believe that he's the son of God, that he died on the cross for me. And decide from now on, God, my life is yours. My life is yours. And then you might wonder, well, is that it? I just, I just have to acknowledge that Jesus is my savior and, and that's it. Well, the, the, those very first Christians asked that same question to the Apostle Peter on, on the first day of the church, back in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Um, when he preached the very first gospel message uh, and told them about Jesus, uh, they asked the same question. Oh, wow, we believe this. What do we do about it? What do we do about it? When the people heard the message, they asked him the same question. And Peter told him, here, you got to do two things. If you, if you just heard my message and you believe it, uh, there's two things you need to do. Repent and be baptized. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And this is, this is how Peter put it. Uh, the New Living Translation says this. Uh, Acts 2, verse 38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sin and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, repent is the first thing. 
Repent and be baptized. So repent is the first thing. Repent means I'm going to make a decision right now. I'm going to stop living the way I've been living. And I'm going to start living the way God wants me to live according to his word. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to turn and start living for God from now on. Um, the way Jesus taught us to live. That how do we live? The way Jesus taught us to live. Not that we'll be perfect at it because we won't. But that's going to be our goal every day. Um, and then he said, be baptized. Be baptized. Baptism is a beautiful drama that uh, a person goes through uh, that literally reenacts what Jesus did for us. We take our old self, our old sinful self. We said, you know, I'm going to put my old sinful self to death. And then we literally bury it in water. And then when we come up out of that water, this, our a new forgiven self rises up from that watery grave and we instantly become a child of God a forgiven child of God now if you if you haven't done that yet if you haven't done that yet um, maybe you're at the place where you say I believe Jesus is my savior absolutely have you repented and been baptized you know if, if that's you if you're ready to embrace Jesus as your savior um, in just a moment, when I get done talking, <laughs> we're going to sing a song, and you could come forward this morning. We've got water right back here. We've got robes you could wear and towels that, that uh, we're, you're set to go if you wanted to do it today. If you want to do it today and be baptized. Or you could talk to me later, and we can arrange another time, maybe this afternoon or later this week, where you could have friends and family come to, to, to witness it. Um, decide that. Decide that. I pray that you will if you never have. It all begins with your decision first to place your faith in Jesus, to trust him as your savior. Now, for those, for the rest of us who are sinners, uh, who have been saved by God's grace, you know, faith still got to be a part of our life. We don't just have place our faith in Jesus and then we're done with it. Faith continues to be a part of our lives. Uh, even as we seek relationships with people, intentional relationships with people in our lives who are far from God, people who need God's grace. Faith is still a part of that. Here's how faith is a key ingredient to us uh, when it comes to intentional relationships. Do you know someone who needs God's grace? We all do. We all know someone who's lost, who's not a Christian, who's still uh, uh, found in their sins and haven't been forgiven by God's grace. Um, do you know someone like that that you could develop an intentional relationship with? With the plan to eventually share the message of Jesus with them. If so, if you know somebody who's lost and that you've been thinking, boy, I would, I would love to see them saved and, 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 and I, I probably need to, have an, to develop an intentional relationship with them, where, here's where faith comes in. Trust God to be with you and do it. Trust God to be with you and do it. But why don't we do it sometimes? Because we're, we're afraid. What, are, what is their reaction going to be? You know, what do I say? Do I have the time? It's going to take a lot of energy and, and, and time. Trust God to be with you. Put your faith in him to be with you and just do it. God Show me the way. Give me the words to say. 
Aaron relates the story in Luke chapter 5 where Jesus tells Peter, who is an experienced fisherman uh, who had fished unsuccessfully all night long uh, in the Sea of Galilee. Jesus said, Peter, you fisherman, go back out in the lake and fish some more. In fact, if, if you'll just follow my instructions and fish in this particular place on this particular way, uh, you'll, you'll have some results. Now, Peter could have argued with with Jesus. Uh, Peter could have said, uh, Jesus, you, you make a great savior. You make a really great son of God. But look, I'm the fisherman. <laughs> I know fishing. Jesus, stay in your lane. Okay, I, you do the saving part. I'll do the fishing part. Jesus, Peter could have said that, but Peter was, sometimes he wasn't wise, but this time he was wise. Uh, this experienced fisherman decided to trust Jesus, who was, after all, the creator of fish. Um, and so Peter did as Jesus instructed. He went back out to fish. He cast his nets as Jesus told him to. And what was the result? He caught enough fish to fill two boat pools. You know, there are all kinds of voices that tell us, you know, don't seek a relationship with that person. Uh, you know, the, it, it, it's too difficult. I, I don't have the time. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take too much time. And besides, they won't be interested anyway. All kinds of voices that Satan has that tells us those things. Um, look, your faith saved you, right? And me. Now let's let our faith compel us to trust God to help us reach out to that person, whoever it is. Maybe they will reject us. Maybe they don't have any interest in having a relationship with us. But maybe they do. Maybe they're searching. A lot of people are searching for meaning in life. And all it takes is us to show an interest in them. And we can do that by eating with them. Or, or doing, having some relationship with them. Getting to know them in some way. Developing an intentional relationship with, him, with them. Remember, a sinner saved by God's grace. We're a sinner saved by God's grace. Trusting God as we eat with a sinner who needs God's grace. Who is that person for you? We all, every single one of us can think of somebody in our life. Who is that person for you? Is it the person that you work with every day? That's by your side every day? Uh, is it is it the person that you go to the gym with or who walks on the treadmill beside you every day that you talk that you have a conversation about sports with or family is it that person uh, is it the person that you golf with or walk around the neighborhood with or talk again talk about sports with um, is it your neighbor who borrows your tools <laughs> you know who is the person in your life that you can say that's the person that's the person. Uh, you know, we can't always trust government to be right, even when they have our best interest in mind, because they're just humans, just like we are, and they make, they make mistakes just like we do. But we can always trust God to be right, and we can always trust him to do what he says, and he says he'll be with us. We can trust that. So who do you and I need to seek a relationship with? And I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. Who do you and I need to seek a relationship with? Trusting God to be with us as we do it. So, every day, ask God. God, 
this morning, put somebody in my path. Put somebody in my path that I can begin a relationship with or continue a relationship with. Someone that's far from God that I can reach out to. And, and when you pray that prayer, here's the thing. Trust God to do it. And then we've got to keep our eyes open. <laughs> we've got to keep our eyes open uh, so that when God answers it, we don't miss it. We don't miss it. A sinner saved by God's grace through our faith, continuing to trust God as we eat with a sinner who needs God's grace. Father, I thank you so much for uh, the chance we have uh, each, uh, each Sunday to gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, Lord, we, uh, uh, we, we are thankful that we have received, most of us here in this room, if not all of us, uh, have received God's grace and we have the forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, we put our faith in you at some point in our lives and trusted Jesus to be our Savior. Um, we, were, we repented and were baptized and, and, uh, and we're going to spend eternity with you. But there are people around us every day that aren't saved, that haven't been forgiven. They haven't received your grace because they haven't trusted Jesus yet. And, and God put that task in our hands to reach out to them. And so help us to do that by just seeking relationships with people, letting them know, showing them that we care about them, uh, eating with them, laughing with them, talking with them, and then sharing with them the message of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity we have to help those who are lost be found. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.